The views and opinions shared by they might be toxic hosts, guests, or sponsors are those of each contributor and do not necessarily express the official view of the brand. We are not doctors, and this podcast should not be mistaken for therapy. Nothing expressed in this content is intended to malign or harm any party or person. We are simply here to discuss and dissect our toxic relationships and to learn about yours. Welcome to the podcast. Well, and honestly, resistance is how most of us are motivated to change. Um, there was this great book called Anti-Fragile, um, yes. which which is perfectly the description for the post-traumatic growth, right? Because it reminds you that, you know, it's just like the muscle, you put extra pressure on it and it gets bigger and stronger for the next time. It's like, okay, I know something else is coming. I think the same thing applies with our mental health and even just, you know, getting that skill of where you're less reactive. And even if you can, you know, sometimes like I know, for example, this one time last year, there was this vendor that we were dealing with and he always had something nasty to say. And I got to the point where I was like, I would plan for it. Cause like, okay, I know exactly what he's going to say. And I would have a response ready and I would know. And I was like, you know, and I would just redirect him. And I got really good at, you know, like not getting angry, not arguing, not getting in the mud, but you know, I think one of the most difficult things for me is the cycle of blame, not realizing when I'm doing it, you know, that that's just, it's so hard to make it not about the other person. It really is. And it's about that story that we tell ourselves that the initial trauma, it has nothing to do with the present moment. It's like that. Um, I'm trying to give as much value as possible here. It's like the cognitive behavioral therapy model where it's A is an activating event, C is the consequence, and B is the belief that you have about the event that leads to the emotional consequence. If more people could just work that into your everyday, one moment throughout the day, small things. This thing happened. I reacted in this way. And in the center, there's a belief that I have about it. What could I possibly believe about this? How is this story that I'm telling myself serving me? How is this thought serving me? For what purpose am I having this thought? And if you wait for the 30 seconds and you really listen, this very still small voice will emerge from the back of your head and it will say, well, this thing and that thing will start to give you more aspects of the story because it's like a chapter. It'll give you yeah. a paragraph. When you get that paragraph, so to speak, you say, okay, so for what purpose do I think that? Or maybe you can say, and that means because we're assigning meanings to everything. It's kind of like the Course in Miracles thing, which is like just like CBT. I've never, I was going to say a Course in Miracles too. I'm never upset <laughs> for the reason that I think. And also Dr. Hawkins, right? Like, and then what? And then what? You know, he would always play the mm -hmm. and then what, what game. So, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Well, and then what? I, you know, like he would just, like he would push you into, well, I might, you know, this might happen. Well, did that happen? No. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So it's easy to find evidence for the negative, but. It is. And it's really funny this morning in one of the sections of, of my course that I was doing um, was talking about the difference between someone who has really bad trauma and someone who's managing it pretty well is the difference between if I were to say to you, are you safe right now? The really grounded person would be like, yes, I'm safe right now in my house. There's some guy blowing leaves outside. I think we're pretty good to go. But the traumatized person would go into COVID and the world collapsing. And, you know, they would list for you all the things on the news mm -hmm. of why they're not safe. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, that's I'm glad you brought that up because every single person right now can just loop their fingers like this, and they can say, "My okay, my name is Jahan. That's true. I am safe. That's true." But a lot of people, when I say I am safe, subconscious goes, "Nope," and it lets go. So you can learn to test yourself for the stories and the beliefs that you have, the little thoughts that you have, test those things and see, is that really true for my subconscious? Mm-hmm. So whatever is true for my subconscious is going to be true in my reality. So it's like how, you know, pretty much triggered and, and trauma and toxic are all the same beast. It's the limbic system going into fight, flight, or freeze. So, you know, trauma just gets stored inside the body and you have to notice where you feel something you can ask yourself questions about what is this that i'm feeling muscle test that i don't feel safe right now i feel anxious i feel scared is it because of the bus that just drove past me at 80 miles per hour and it almost killed you know anything it could be anything but for a lot of people when it's from childhood when something happens in childhood we just deal with stuff the best way that a kid can in all or nothing of course we don't have the language for it yeah. Yeah. So if your response was to freeze up or if your response was to completely shut down and that was how you dealt with things as a kid and you, you, you never processed it because like you just said, you don't have the language, you don't have the processing speed at all. So that's going to end up being a repetitive pattern in your life. And we're just going to keep using that same strategy as when we were a child for everything. If you're using the right. same strategies as an adult, You've probably heard me on clips talking about the internal representation systems we all have in the subconscious mind, those coping strategies for life that we just try to put on top of everything. So you're using the same tools as an adult that you did when you were a kid, and it destroys your life. So we have to come up with clever ways to sit with ourselves and test our assumptions about things, you know? And then, of course, there's other things that can happen you know a lot of stuff that people come to the clients that go really easily are the ones that have the less stuff they have less emotional balance assigned to whatever happens so they're easier to work with you know so this is a perfect transition for the other question that we were going to discuss about um do you notice a difference between the trauma that males bring in more often versus the trauma that females bring in is it, you know, like, do you get a same kind of range on both sides? I mean, obviously I know because of my stuff, I'm going to make some certain assumptions that I would make just because of my own experiences. So I'll not even like say those, but I'm just curious, especially like during the pandemic and, you know, there's been this weird, it almost feels like there's just like this weird further separation that's happening of whatever separation was there before, whether it's political male female you know fill in the blanks it's just it's just a further divide well about the division factor everything is being flipped on its head now all of the traditional roles are being flipped on their heads and so one party either doesn't feel safe or the other doesn't feel like they can be allowed to make the other feel safe and it's all mental stuff it's like a perception of this thing is blocking me from being the best man that i can be and I've, I've actually just had that recently. Somebody was like, everything that they did, their wife responded to them in a way that suggested that they weren't good enough. And he already had um, trauma around that because when he was a kid growing up, he could never do anything right for his parents. And so 
he didn't realize that he attracted that scenario into his life in the first place. When he resolved that trauma, then suddenly his wife start, started acting differently. <laughs> and right. he was like, I can't forget this out. But because she started acting differently, it wasn't that it automatically changed something in her. It automatically changed all her behavior. It actually just made her more receptive. He didn't have the pattern anymore. And he could actually sit with her and describe exactly what had been happening all that time. There was a huge emotional release because she didn't understand that she was doing that. So sometimes the people that we think are being toxic, they don't understand. They don't have that perception. They can't tell. And if it's two people who don't understand, right? It's like, if you can just <laughs> give them, if you can just give them a little road, a roadmap and some, you know, here's the format of what both of your bodies are doing. And then they both sit back and go, oh, we're triggering each other. You know, it's, I mean, it's such a two-way street. And I just, for me, like even just hearing that story gives me a little bit of hope because I am aware that there are healthy couples. There are healthy people. And unfortunately, the internet is probably more full of the unhealthy people than it, you know, than it is the healthy people because the healthy people are out there living their lives. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's great when you see it work out and the people put in the work to do it because then they get to um, points where they're not having repetitive patterns and maybe if it does come up they kind of laugh at each other and they point they go ah, ah you did that thing ah, i see it and then you know they laugh it off and they're like okay i won't do that again and you just it's move just on. so nice when you can at least be mature <laughs> enough to see your own stuff and to be like dang you know to well, i mean my joke that i always say like i grew up with older um brothers so my joke is always stop hitting yourself, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if you you grew up with older male brothers or if boys did, did always do that to each other. But, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just the like at a point you do realize like you are you are hitting yourself. You are creating the thing. And it's not fun, but it is it is, you know, it's like there's that one meme where, you know, the guy is getting flicked off the cliff and the hand is God and the cliff is God and the guy is God and the hand catching him is also God. Like kind of like that <laughs> yeah yeah you know <laughs> we you know we can't expect to avoid everybody i would love to avoid 99 percent of humanity for the rest of my life unfortunately right? that's not a perfect scenario <laughs> it's not healthy for us either it, when we continue to internalize and just compound traumas and triggers and the things that we're anchored to we couldn't like music and stuff we listen to sad music or we watch sad movies oh yeah i have so much music i can't to... listen to anymore it's not even funny yeah or the news or whatever it is, you know, we re-traumatize ourselves with certain things. And what's happening is that we're not building those layers of mental and emotional strength. Right. And you know, it would be a fascinating are... neurological um, experiment would be to test people's blood pressure as that little sound for the news comes on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that somewhere they've done that. And that's exactly why they run that thing. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say um, are some early, some mistakes that people make in the early, uh, you know, when they're first early getting into their trying to get through the the healing and the, and the traumatic work, like me saying, you know, like I can't spirituality my way out of this. Number <laughs> one is they want positive the affirmations. Number one thing they do. The number one thing they do is they want it gone today. Mm -hmm. They expect that it'll be gone today. And then that, that turns inwards and it's like, ah, oh, I just, I'm just not good enough at this. I'll never more self gaslighting more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More, um, really bad internal self-talk, but we have, we have to learn to strengthen our virtues. 
We have to learn to strengthen patience, kindness, love, compassion, self-compassion, empathy for ourselves. Because a lot of the time in this day and age, the number one person that everybody is looking out for is themselves. So you have to get really good at listening to yourself and giving yourself that safe space. Because if you don't, you're just going to continue to be agitated on a, a micro level and a subconscious level. And, and then we'll start feeling sick one day and we don't know why, or we can't self-regulate. We, we don't know why, you know, it becomes, it becomes this massive social label that we love to wear. Like I have anxiety and now I'm going to be disempowered for the rest of my life because of this one event. Well, and what's when, the, what's one of the biggest toxic labels that we wear, especially as a kid who grew up in the nineties as a Gen Xer, fuck your feelings. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like people <laughs> think that that's so cute and so empowering. And, but really it's, really it's one of the worst things that you can do to yourself and i think that we do that to ourselves a lot it's just like screw my feelings i'm just gonna i'm being a baby i'm gonna pull myself up by the bootstraps bootstraps don't fix anything like fuck yeah. your feelings does not fix anything it's not doing the work it's it's actually yeah. avoiding the work really yeah it's kind of like the people who um follow david goggins and then they never get anywhere you know I don't know like, who that is. I'll have to look David it up. David Goggins is the, the ex-Navy SEAL. He's a black guy. Um, he's always yelling. He's like, oh, fuck your feelings. Fuck people. All this kind of <laughs> stuff. And it's like, you know, that's great if you want to run a marathon and you, you just want to push away what people might be perceiving about you because you're trying to do something new in your life or whatever it is. But it, that's not a good long-term strategy. The growth through suffering thing is not a good long-term strategy. You're not going to deal with the mental plane and the physical aspect of things by running a marathon, you know, or training or working out or whatever. You still have to do that internal work, you know? Yeah, definitely. My early part of trying to deal with my trauma was a lot of tattoos, a lot of piercings, a lot of drinking, a lot of dating, all in the name of having fun. Mm hmm you yeah, know everything. and it seems cute and fun when you're in your 20s and then when you get in your 30s and you're still doing it you know and then you get in your 40s like if you're still doing that shit in your 40s like go talk to someone please it's like addiction addiction is anything that you can't stop yeah and you don't know why you know and it's it's interesting that you said that because i see a lot of that i see a lot of things where people just try to cover up their pain with fun of everything that's sold to us as fun is actually pretty disempowering if you really step back from it far enough and you look at it for what it is in context and you say oh shoot mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing that to myself you know I've been participating in a toxic global culture of disempowerment <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so well this has definitely been fun sorry go ahead yeah, I know. I just wanted to say one more thing. If you're open to it, we can do a quick meditation that everybody can just um, relax and pay that would be wonderful. For a bit. Yeah, awesome. All right, let's go for it. then. so just put your hands on your thighs. If you're sitting, if you're laying, hopefully if you're driving, you need to pull over or wait till you get home. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Let your shoulders relax and close your eyes and turn your awareness inward. Begin by paying attention to your breathing. And I want you to pay close attention to the sensation of the air brushing against your nasal passageway and feeling it as it hits against the back of your throat. Pay attention to the same sensation as you exhale through your nose. Anytime 
you turn your attention to your breath is going to cause you to down-regulate. Anytime you feel like you want to change that breath, just relax, go back to observing. Begin by bringing your mind a person or an event that has caused you pain, sadness, anger, whatever it is. Maybe it's a recurring situation in your everyday life. Maybe it's something that happened a long time ago. Doesn't matter. Some of you might immediately dial into a situation that feels sad or anxious. But as you bring that situation up in your mind, if it's a person, imagine them sitting a safe distance away from you. They can't touch you. As you do this, notice what happens in your body. Notice the physical response. Did you tighten your jaw or shoulders? Did you clench your fists? Did your breathing change? Don't try to change or control any of it. Just watch and feel where the situation or reaction to that person is happening in your physical body. Take a few minutes to tune in to where that emotion is. Can you feel that emotion as a tightness? Can you feel it as a numbness? Is it a soreness? Let your attention continue to stay on that place in your physical body. Let that sadness or that anger or resentment show up. Allow yourself to feel it completely. If it's anger, let yourself feel the full extent of it and notice the way that your body is reacting. Do you want to tighten up your fists or tense your jaw? What does it make you want to do? If, if you feel sadness or pain in that part of your body, let yourself cry. If you have to just feel it and let it flow through you, let it be. If you need to put your hands on your heart to feel it better, then go ahead and do that. When it starts to feel like it's too much for the mind, just try to stay with it. Remember, you can let yourself cry or you can yell or whatever you have to do. Sit with it for as long as you need to. And within that experience, just ask yourself, what am I not acknowledging? What do I need to say or hear that isn't or hasn't been heard? What part of yourself are you not listening to? What part of yourself are you not giving enough love or care? What part of yourself wants to be heard through the pain, through the anger, the sadness, the regret, the rejection? The answer might come up in the form of thoughts or ideas or visuals, sounds. It could come as more tears. That's totally fine. Just keep sitting with them. You're allowed to feel them and it's safe. And that's okay if you don't feel much right now. It can take days or weeks to let it go. But I have found that more often than not, there is an immediate change. Eventually your jaw will release. The area of pain will release. Your fists will unclench the tightness and the numbness will go away. 
perhaps you have a sense of freedom in your mind. Maybe you feel a little tired. Allow yourself to feel whatever that is completely. Keep asking yourself, how can I help? How can I support you? You can stay here in this space of receptivity, gentleness, kindness, listening to your own heart, listening to your own needs, and it's totally safe to do so. If there's someone else you want to hear you, we can't control them, we can't make them listen, but we can release the pent-up frustration now so that we avoid that toxic pattern occurring again. Just by listening, just by giving yourself the full support, you can choose to come out of it slowly. And as you come out, perhaps you might want to journal about it. You might want to talk to someone about it. I'm here to listen. Just get rid of it. And you can come out now. And uh, for all those who are participating, just bring awareness to your breath. Really just feel what happened for you. Relax. And if there's a, a, a shift that happened for you, a sense of stillness or Maybe if you had some tears coming out the corner of your eye, if you were yawning, you know, notice that feeling and, and give yourself a pat on the back because sometimes just giving yourself a few minutes of space and putting yourself in that position of receiving support from yourself and from the universe and things like that, you can get rid of stuff that you don't really want, you know? That was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we end a uh, website? I know you shared your uh, Instagram, but if there's anything else you'd like to share before we close up, feel free to, uh, like I said, shameless plugs, always welcome. Yeah. If anybody would like to contact me, you can email me actually, uh, Jehan T.W. Sator. I'll spell that J-E-H-A-N-T-W-S-A-T-T-A-U-R at gmail.com and you can visit my website jahansatwar.com you can also check out the boundless authenticity podcast that's anchor.fm slash boundless authenticity we have some great guests from uh the portal to ascension conference coming up alan steinfeld raw of earth um tons of people it's going to be really great awesome and i'll definitely put all of your um contact in the show notes for everybody all right thank you maria 